All right, everybody, we're back with Civil Action. This is Brian Kabatak along with Shant Karnikian. I said that slowly so Shant knows I'm talking about him. That's me. That's, That's me, you. right? Yeah. Normally, our podcast consists of uh, a study. It's like a mini law school. Each week, we take four or five cases that have come down that affect the plaintiff's practice from the California courts or the uh, Ninth Circuit, United States Supreme Court. But today, we're here at the Consumer Attorneys of California Convention in San Francisco at the Palace Hotel. And we have the honor of interviewing Mary Alexander, who has an incredible resume of not only public um, uh giving back to the plaintiff's bar, but to the community, to the people of the state of California, the people of the United States, really, and a, a phenomenal lawyer in her own right based in the Bay Area. So, Mary, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Before we get started, Sean, tell people where they can find us. Sure. They can find us online at kbklawyers.com and we're on iTunes and Spotify or wherever else you listen to us. So, Mary, thank you for being here with us. We'd Let's start by Telling people a little bit about your background and your your path to becoming um, the great lawyer that you are today. Well, you know, I started out in science. I was a biology major, and I worked in laboratory. I worked um, doing toxicology, interestingly, on lead when I first started out. And then I decided to go to law school, and I practiced in product liability, which was a natural thing, and had done toxic cases, but also... Uh, automobile cases and pharmaceutical and class actions. And and when you said one of the things you did as a, um, a biology student was study lead, that became significant later in your career because you handled one of the largest lead, maybe the largest lead case ever in California. Is that correct? Correct. It has been a 19-year journey. That case was filed in 2000 and just completed in 2019. But it was to... Uh, sue the paint companies, the lead paint companies that manufactured and sold, promoted lead paint for putting in our homes and residences and children's rooms. And children are exposed and it's very toxic, particularly to young children that they are exposed to the dust, they chew on windowsills, they eat paint chips. And so what it was is to get an abatement fund, monies so that parents and apartment building owners can remove the lead paint and so it would protect children from lead poisoning. Now, not to make light of something very serious, but Chant still chews on windowsills, and we're trying to get him to stop doing that. Like I said, I'm looking for work. I'll move to the Bay Area and anywhere, anywhere I can stay away from Brian. No, but uh, Mary, what were some of the challenges you faced earlier in your career as a lawyer? Well, I, I think that I would come to these conventions and I would listen to great lawyers giving lectures and they would say, in the courtroom, just be yourself. I mean, what does that mean? (laughs) And it's a struggle, I think, to be yourself and define your style in a courtroom when, you know, you've got 12 skeptical jurors and maybe kind of not some mean, uh, mean judge and we've got somebody who is very, very injured and your Christmas bonus depends on it. So it, I think that that was something that was a, a struggle for me to really find my voice in the courtroom and, and what worked for me. What helped you do that? What helped you kind of find? Because you seem very comfortable and you've done very well. So you found a solution. Yes, I really think it's, it's uh, experience. It's trying it out and seeing what works. And it really, really does take a number of hours, I think, in the courtroom to, to figure it out. So, Mary, 
if you were to go back in time and talk to the 21-year-old Mary Alexander, what would you tell her? Well, I would say uh, that your path to being a lawyer, you don't know it yet, but there is one. And I think I would have maybe cut short the science a little bit before I did that. But I would use one word with her, perseverance. And that is that you just keep going. You get on that conveyor belt. You don't fall off of it. You persevere. And then your goal comes true. Where did you go to law school? Santa Clara Law. And I really liked it. It's a fabulous school. And I serve on the board of visitors now. And it's, it was, it's very supportive of students. So early on in your career, what was the most significant or important case you had? The first, I think, one of the most important in my whole career was a bicycle uh, case that happened in Yosemite. A young woman came into Yosemite Park and rented a bicycle from the Curry Company and rode down the hill from Lower Yosemite Falls. The brakes didn't work on the hill, and she crashed headfirst into a tree, breaking her neck, paralyzed for life from the neck down on a breathing machine for life. And that case had so many uh, issues to prove that the bike didn't work, and uh, it had coaster brakes and just didn't give enough power. Plus, we proved that it had been repaired with used brakes. So it didn't have enough power on the hill, and we said they shouldn't be renting basically a beach cruiser for Yosemite where there are a lot of hills. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got, uh, we got a very nice verdict. And Who was your target defendant? The target defendant ended up being the Curry Company. And we showed that they had rented the bike earlier in the day, and a woman had crashed on the bike, and she brought it back and told them that the brakes weren't working, and she had crashed, wow. and she watched them while they put it back into service. Wow. They were on notice. That's, <laughs> the, definition, that's the definition of notice. There. And Mary, you know, from Southern California, I've watched your career here in Northern California and around the country. In recent years, what are some of the most important or significant cases you've either worked on or are working on right now? Well, I think definitely the lead paint case has been so important to me to make a difference in protecting children. But I've also been uh, working on the ghost ship fire. I'm the lead attorney there, and there's 36 deaths, and we're pursuing the case against uh, the city of Oakland and also against the owner, of course, and against PG&E because um, it was an electrical fire and their involvement. So that's been very satisfying to try to help these parents who lost their children in that fire. And um, heartbreaking stories. Very heartbreaking. These parents are, you know, your child uh, goes off for an evening of music and they never come home. And most of these kids were good kids. They were just out to go have fun, go have a party, enjoy themselves, right? That's right, and they, a lot of people think it's the people who live there, but it wasn't. Uh, there was one that lived there that died, but they knew how to get out. And these young people um, just graduated college or were still in college. One was getting their Ph.D. Uh, one was a lawyer. These are kids that it just went out um, to have fun. And, and when you go to a concert... You think it's going to be safe there. You think it's going to have the exit signs and the good stairs to get out and sprinklers. It and doesn't even cross your mind that there's 
a problem like this. Exactly. You know, I'll look- give a little plug to our friends from Juris Production because they showed me a little bit of the video, I think, that they did on some of the lives, and it was, it was rent- heart-wrenching, really. They have done, for all my clients, and done a fabulous job of capturing what it is like for these parents. I spoke here in, um, at the COC convention, and one of the things I did was play a snippet from my Lion Air Boeing 737 MAX cases, and uh, we played a little bit on liability and then a little bit of one of the stories of a, um, a, a man who died three days after he found that his wife was pregnant with their first child, and we had people in the audience who were crying. A great job they did. Heartbreaking they, stories. They they really know how to bring out the emotion and really what it means to these people and to make the decedents come alive to the person who is watching the video. So let's change subjects now and talk a little bit about politics and political issues. You've been actively involved. Uh, you Tell us the organizations that you've been involved in or president in that have um, been trial lawyer type organizations. Well, I've been president of the Consumer Attorneys of California, which is the trial lawyers uh, throughout the state, and then also the American Association for Justice, which when I was president was called the Association of Trial Lawyers of America, but they work nationally uh, to protect the rights of people to uh, rights to have uh, trial and to keep the courthouse doors open on a national level. And then the California lawyers protect us here in California. So what do you see are some of the most critical, pressing political issues nationally and in California today um, that affect our practice, affect our clients, affect uh, sort of the civil justice system as a whole? Well, I'd like to say that for us here in California, it's a little bit esoteric perhaps, but when we went to law school, there was such a thing as a collateral source rule that if somebody, if you had insurance, health insurance, that didn't come into evidence because why should the defendant, because you had the foresight to have health insurance, why should the defendant get off uh, easy and uh, not have to pay? And then a case came down, the Howell case, that said that all that comes into evidence and you don't get to recover for anything that has already been paid by the insurance company. And it's a, it's a terrible law, and I think that's one of our best issues. Do you think that's one of the most important things we need to work on now in, in the coming year? I do. I, it's one of the most important things that makes a difference for our clients, people who are seriously injured, and to make sure they have fair compensation. Right. How about nationally, on a national basis? What do you see as big issues on a national basis? Besides who's going to be president? Yeah, that little issue. (laughs) Well, I think that on a national level, we still have to uh, watch carefully for product liability laws that uh, want a lot of companies, pharmaceutical companies, want to have immunity for their products. And I think that we also uh, have to be watchful of medical malpractice bills that we're going to take away rights nationally for our clients that are injured by doctors. What about the courts, federal courts? Well, yes, absolutely. That the people that are being appointed by Trump are not people who care about consumers and their issues. They're very conservative and they're, he's appointing young people and so that means they're going to be on the bench for life. And that's a very long time, long time. on the federal system. Yeah. That's a long time for people my age. Yeah. Because that means they'll be there for the rest of my legal career. Mary, this is the fun part. 
We get to have a little fun. We, we're going to rapidly ask you questions which have no real substantive importance other than they're just fun. They have some meaning, some yeah, value. Some of them do. Your questions tend to have more meaning than mine. Mine is like, like if you were a vegetable, what right. vegetable would you be? Well, vegetable. I anyway. Do. I do. But go ahead, Brian. So, uh, no, you go ahead. You go first, Sean. Sure. Uh, growing up, what did, you, what did you aspire to be? Well, I think when I was a little girl, I really wanted to be a doctor, and that's why I ended up going into medicine, but then changed my mind and just went into research. What's your favorite movie? Oh, Top Gun, and has nothing to do with Tom Cruise. Okay. <laughs> um, what made you switch from being a you know, researcher to wanting to become a lawyer? I decided that if I wanted to make a difference in the lives of American workers being exposed to toxic substances and in the environment, that I could do it faster in the law than my laboratory research at the bench. Did you have a job when you were in high school? And if so, what was it? At 16, I went to work for the first time, and I've been working ever since. I was working in a medical lab at the University of Iowa Medical School. My dad was a professor there at the medical school, and I got a, a job working in the infectious disease lab there. Well, that's surprisingly similar to mine. I worked in a gas station. <laughs> and I worked in a parking lot. <laughs> it's amazing wow. how similar all three of our right. careers are, right? You end up in the same place. If you weren't doing what you do now, what do you think you'd be doing if you weren't a lawyer? I think if I wasn't a lawyer... I would want to be doing work for uh, a public entity or somebody, uh, a private company, or somebody that is actually doing civil justice. I just think that it's really something, even if I'm not trying cases, it's something that I want to do to protect the rights of people and help those who have no voice. What's your favorite song? Hmm. Well, I used to sing uh, Summertime to my grandkids when they're falling asleep and that's the one I hum to myself how many grandkids I have two and one is a senior at USC in the school of engineering wow. and computers and my granddaughter is a senior in high school at, at Menlo school applying to colleges yeah. if you could have yeah. any meal your favorite meal what would it be mm, a really juicy hamburger from any particular place well, no, I just really juicy one. <laughs> so my wife will go with me to like some of the finest restaurants in the world, and she'll either order a tuna fish sandwich or a hamburger sometimes. And sometimes it's Kobe, and it's 50 bucks. Sometimes it's yeah. really good, though. Sometimes <laughs> some of those fine restaurants, because you tell that back to the kitchen, and that's a lot of times the food they make for themselves, and they're really good hamburgers. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you could have some sort of a superpower or a special power, what would it be? Mm, I'd like to have x-ray vision. Okay. <laughs> Mary, you've been terrific. Thank you very much for being our guest today. We've been very fortunate. Mary Alexander here, one of the true champions of justice uh, in not just California, the United States. Thank you so much for being our guest. Sean, tell people where they can find us. Sure, they can find us online at kbklawyers.com. Um, they can check us out, contact us. They can look up Mary online as well and uh, follow what she's doing, all the great things she's doing up here. You can use that platform to also complain about Sean. Or Brian. You can complain about either of us. And uh, thank you, Mary, for joining us. It's been really great. Thank you. It's been great being with you.